Okay. <laughs> she's getting on. Okay, she's playing. Hi everyone. Hi. I'm Nicole. <laughs> and I am Kelly. <laughs> Welcome to our first podcast. Edit this. I mean, it's we're free balling. Are point. we okay? This is just like the trial and error. The first will be the worst. It's um, the absolute worst. It will. It will definitely be the worst. But the goal is getting better and better each time we do one of these. Absolutely. So these so. are our a podcast. Yeah. This is this is it. This was a brainchild of Kelly. Yes. And she texted me and said. Hey sis, we should do a podcast. I just feel like we have such a unique perspective that is not represented very often. And so I just think we have a lot to offer the people. So you say unique perspective. What's that sis? I mean, we are women, black women that that out there. Mm -hmm. We are educated with, you know, advanced degrees. Mm-hmm. We are married, we have children, we have businesses and careers. We have fun. That part. Yes. That part. And if any of that resonates with you, then you're in the right place. Absolutely. So take this journey with us and we don't know how this will play out over the next couple of weeks, months years from now but we're hoping that you grow with us as our content expands yeah yeah and <laughs> oh what you're hearing is um a bottle of moet rose pop because we also appreciate a great glass of bubbles so we're gonna get started with what do you say Kels? um introductions let's let the people know who we are thank you sis you're welcome um, while you pour, uh, I'll go. So Nicole, I am based here in the Houston Metro. I am 41 years old, but I'll never admit it. But this, <laughs> can we talk about how you look like yeah. early to mid thirties though? Okay. It's all that matters. Age ain't nothing but a number. Oh, speak on it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, 41, and um, I am a wife, I am a mother, I am an HR professional, and oh, cheers, sis. Cheers. Plink. And I'm not from Houston, I'm actually from the Northeast, I grew up in Connecticut, born in Queens, raised in Connecticut, a product of two migrants from Jamaica, but, but, and... <laughs> Yeah, I love it here. Yeah. I love it here. Kels, how about you? Who is you? Yes, well, I am Kelly. I am a native New Orleanian. I will say New Orleans. I'm from like the suburb of New Orleans. I'm really from Laplace, but you have to be from Louisiana to like recognize what I'm even talking about. So for people that's not from the area, I just say I'm from New Orleans and mm-hmm. that just kind of like, you know, people are like, oh, okay, everyone knows where New Orleans is. So I am, I've been in Houston, 
goodness, for a very long time since I graduated from college, the Southern University back in 2004. I am 39. So I am um, on my road to 40. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad I have the good sis here to, to help prepare me for what is next passing that threshold. So I am also a wife. I have been married to my husband for, uh, it'll be 10 years next year. I have two kids. I'm also an HR professional um, for a very well-known company. I think both of us are. Mm-hmm. And um, a business owner. So have a lot of things going on. Um, I love to have a good time. I'm from New Orleans. I mean, just with everything else that I have going on, being a wife, being a mom, being a professional and a business owner, owner, I still like to have fun. You do. And that's how we connect. At the, uh, on one level. On one level. One level. But that's a great level. That's a great level to connect. I swear it is such a great level. How about we get into what brought us together? Yeah. How did we meet? So we live across the street from each other. Fantastic. And we have been living in the same neighborhood probably for about, what, six years. But it wasn't until last year that when COVID happened and we were all in our homes, hold up. Um, it wasn't until last year that we actually really had a connection. Uh, prior to that, she was moving and shaking, traveling. I was moving and shaking, traveling with work as well. And we just, just used you know, to... The, the church wave. Yeah. Like, hey, neighbor. Hey, All right. <laughs> Going about my business. See, one thing about me, I'm like my mama. And she always says, I don't pull nobody's door. I don't pull nobody's door. Meaning, I don't visit. I don't have to come to your house. We don't have to talk on that level. It... At my heart, I'm an introverted person. And so coming and going and just giving a little two-finger wave is fine with me. <laughs> I'll stay out of my house and out of your life. That's me as a person and, and pretty much as a neighbor. So, yes, we did do the little church wave for until years. COVID. For years <laughs> until COVID. And I forgot to mention in my intro that I am a member of the Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. And yes, uh, my good line sisters, great line sisters, came and did a birthday parade for me um, when we were holed up. Since you're really gonna tell the story, you're gonna tell the story. I had been drinking. It was my birthday. I had mm. been drinking. And if you know, here in the Houston area in April, it gets like 90 degrees. So we were out. We were day drinking by the pool, my husband and I. And the parade comes through. And Kelly and her husband come out. And all of a sudden, we're taking shots of tequila in the street. Oh, you know what? I thought you was going to tell the other story. About your your guest your your oh, license oh, parking yes. on my grass. No, I thought you were going there. Okay, I should. You should. You I should. should. We're gonna get there. But it mm-hmm. is. It didn't start there, or did we, did we start having champagne no. on the sidewalk first? After the shot, we said we were gonna do a happy oh, hour. Okay. On the sidewalk, and we didn't. You know, we didn't know each other. I didn't know how she was moving. She didn't know how I was moving. Our husbands during Hurricane Harvey, for those who know, when the city was underwater, our husbands were communicating just at the water levels. But yeah, we said, hey, why don't we meet for a happy hour next week? 
And that's what happened. That's true. I forgot about that. You're right. Yeah. I came, I went inside of my house and brought out like a bottle of uh, tequila. It was Patron Silver. Exactly. To be exact. I'm and knows gave you a shot. Sure did. Sure did. Yeah, that was the introvert in you saying... Was it that what I feel it, like? What, what you was said, let's before, do a birthday shot. What was the moment before that that compelled me to come outside, though? Like, I feel like something had to have compelled me to come outside and say, like, happy birthday to you. There was a whole caravan of people playing Bruno Mars, That's How I Like It. And there were like 13 cars in the street. Really? And a whole traffic jam. And we were dancing in the street. And I feel like Sydney, my daughter, she was just like, mommy, like, let's go see what's going on outside. I'm like, mm -hmm. and I was like, no, no. Like, we don't know those people. Right. I don't know. Like, no, I'm not about to go out there. Mm -hmm. But she was like, let's go. And I'm like, all right. So we went outside. And then we you, you're right. We shot. had the shot. We, we said hi. And then I went and got the shot. And then we set up our sidewalk. We had our happy sidewalk hours. happy hours. Yeah. And our first one. I don't, do you remember our first one? I don't. Okay. What did we talk about? Me with this uh, this Rain Man memory of You mine. do. Because mine is horrible, child. <laughs> it's bad. So we ended up getting lawn chairs. She was on her side of the street. I was on my side of the street. And we just talked. And we talked. And it was... I think we met at like six and we had our little glasses and by like eight o'clock we were still talking, mm -hmm. just going about all the topics, talking about our homes and the interior. And then at one point you came over and we were like, fuck COVID. I don't know if we're cursing at on At some here. point. Sorry. Yeah. But within that night, we you came over. The same day? Same day. Oh. And I showed you the house. Oh. Was that like my first house. time seeing the yeah, house? it was your first time. Dang. Yeah. Anyway. And so it was boring. And so it was born. Um, we used to, during the summer, again, we were all holed up. They would come over. We would swim. We would have lady spa nights where it was just girls. Do you realize that that was like literally only last year? Last year. Like, I feel like so much has helped, helped happen in the progression of our friendship. I know. That it's crazy. I know. I know. And that, like, it has been so accelerated but it's felt so organic at yes, the same time. Definitely. And that is what I know a lot of people are like, no, we can't. Like people who are hot and heavy with their friendships, like, no, like that. There's something something wrong behind that or with that. And the reality is, is that, like, honestly, had it not been COVID, I think yeah. I would have walked into it that way. But because we didn't have the distractions of society and was yeah. really just around getting to know each other. And then we realized like, oh shit, we actually really like it. Right, we really vibe. Like it's a yeah. whole vibe. And yeah. I feel like uh, Nicole is like the yin to my yang or mm -hmm. vice versa. For sure. I am more of a calm, like listen to slow jams while I work out type of person. <laughs> I can't listen. Who, who does a deadlift to, to Janae Eichel? But me, though, there's something about the slow jams that com that calms my spirit. And when we say slow jams, let's be really clear. We're talking about New Jack Swing 90s slow like, jams. All of it, yes. Like, literally, I can work out so good to slow jams. But then when, like, all the hip-hop fast music comes on, like, my nerves get bad. Oh. I know, but... My spirit ignites. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So it's just so crazy because for all the things I feel like we do not have in common, right. there are more things that we do have in common. So true. And uh, yin to yang balance 
a thousand percent. And so a little bit more about me. Uh, I'm a Taurus. Um, so I'm big, I'm big into astrology. Not too much. I don't let it define me, but I definitely know that it has a, a role in all of our lives. My good sis here, Kelly is a Virgo. And for anybody who's dialed into astrology, you know, there's, there's a level of, you know, evil twin, evil twin, good twin, good twin between Virgos and Tauruses. And so definitely a balance. Mm. I am, you know, Kelly likes the slow jams to work out. Listen, I'm like, put on that 21 Savage, put on that money bag, yo. I'm here for the heavy beats, right? I'm here for the overproduced rap. All of it, all of it. But with all of that, I still feel like there has never been a moment of like judgmentalness, mm -hmm. if that's a word. Mm -hmm. You know, like I also feel like you know, our strengths and our opportunities complement each other. Absolutely. And I feel like in this short span of time, we've just, I've learned and grown so much. It's just, it's, it's just crazy to me. And I think the notion that, you know, no new friends, mm -hmm. you know, I was there. Trust and believe we both 100%. were there. Yep. But I think this relationship proves that that's bullshit. That's true. And you know, you evolve, like your life changes and there are seasons where you welcome in new people because you've grown and evolved. And um, this friendship came right on time. When I tell you God makes no mistakes with timing, it came right on time because the year that we had to just get to know each other and then when the outside opened, my ability to take what I've learned from you and actually walk in that, um, honestly, has made me a better human being. Um, it, just a better mother, a better wife, a better friend. And what I love about you is just how honest you are and how you don't bite your tongue. You girl, <laughs> so, oh, damn, I'm trying to work on that girl. Go don't on. bite her tongue. But I love the fact that you, you stand up for yourself. And um, you do so in such a classy and elegant and respectable way. Um, and not everybody has the, has the ability and or the confidence to do that. But like your perspective is just one that I have just truly welcomed um, in my life. And I'm just so thankful that life, our lives have collided and we're on this journey together. Like our families, we go on vacations together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a thing. Like, it's a total thing. So you're going to make me no. tear up. And you don't even cry. She, I do. Yeah, I, but crying. I do, though. But I be like, I'm a strong she bitch. Is, and they go, she, go yeah. cry behind closed yeah. doors. Yeah. I'm a G. I'm a G. No, G. You ain't going to see these tears fall. <laughs> but for me, I think it was, I don't know. I feel like Nicole is my spirit animal. And sis, you've just helped me, I feel like, come out of my shell so much. Mm. And I'm telling you, approaching these 40s has been weighing on me it's been stressful to me but the way that you take care of yourself the way you work out i mean the way you have entered your 40s and you're like thriving you're gorgeous you're beautiful your skin is yeah. is glowing yeah. the butt has <laughs> grown <laughs> two inches <laughs> can we talk about it i mean i mean and you know just connecting me with our trainer jackie who we will have on here eventually because she's the bomb mm -hmm. Um, 
I don't know. I feel like that was something in my life that was missing. And I just feel, you know, you've just opened me up to so much fun and just the possibility of the excitement of, you know, turning this next chapter and getting myself together, which also builds confidence within me. Absolutely. And so I think we're just the perfect duo, mm -hmm. which brings us here to our podcast. Yes. And we just want to share. Yeah all of this with you, um, but are definitely interested, although this isn't like a live, you call in on the hotline type discussion, definitely want to hear if you have similar relationships and dynamics that have been formed during the uh, pandemic that are thriving now, right? So we'll figure out the way to interact with us, but definitely want to hear if there are other stories like ours that you all are open to sharing. Now, you know, Kelly, when you think about your life you've accomplished a lot like you are a businesswoman you're what i call a triple b um a boss bitch babe oh okay um, oh, i'm like but you know when you've, you've accomplished a lot like, yeah you really have and um you got your hand um in a lot of fires and that, and i think that's great and that has been a huge inspiration to me but when you think about your life and all the things that you've done what's the one thing that you're the most proud of Oh, child, I don't even know. Like, I swear to God, you know what? I feel like I'm most proud of my evolution as like a person. Um, I feel like, you know, I had an issue with just being able to express myself. Um, and I was very easy to react mm -hmm. and react in a negative way, mm -hmm. cut people off. So I think that my evolution just as a person, like I'm much more chill now. I'm much more um, relaxed. Like I don't, you know, I don't take things personally. You know, I, I look at things from a, um, a half glass full perspective. You know, and I just think that took, that took a lot of fucking work. I'm a curse <laughs> because you don't know. I have gone to therapy. I have gone to church. I like, girl, I have prayed. It took years and years. I mean, I've gone through a, a, a health scare. So I think a, a combination of all the things that I've been through has gotten me to where I am right now. And I'm proud of myself as a person for where I am right now. And I can attribute that again, you know, my experiences, you know, the help that I sought out for myself, you know, my relationship with my husband, we'll have a husband topic Ooh. later on, you know, know, my relationship with my friends, you know, all of those things have kind of come into play to make me the person that I am today. And that's what I'm really proud of right now. What about you, sis? Oh, um, you know, for me, I think it's really just about being okay living my life unapologetically, right? I think in society, there's a lot of judgment and a lot of expectation that you should show up a certain way, be a certain way. And I think it's really easy to fall into that. Like, look, I'm a bitch who likes nice things. We're sipping Moet right now. Oh, I mean, yes. on, Rose. A, on a Friday. Mm -hmm. But um, the fact that, you know, I could be on this podcast and y'all, if you saw me, I look like Buckwheat's, <laughs> Buckwheat's big sister. Got 
half my hair out, half my hair in braids, and one braid that's like halfway undone. And I got a fuzzy ponytail, hair sticking out and wise and otherwise. Gorgeous. But tomorrow, we, we got an event tomorrow, yes. and we gonna, it's going to be like, this never happened. Yes. Uh, <laughs> who these people? Who these Right. Who them? Oh, who this woman? So... <laughs> So, you know, the fact that I just, I leaned into living my life unapologetically, like, I don't care. I'm that chick that will listen to the same song on repeat 45 times and tell you how it's different all 45 times. Um, I'm that person who is willing to turn the other cheek because I know at the end of the day, you know, if I show up the way that I want to show up and maybe my unevolved self wants to show up, it could be relationship ending and dynamic shifting but um, I'm okay with not with 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 picking and choosing my battles now, um, and I'm just proud, knowing that I grew up in an all white community where I was the different and a lot of times the face of diversity, like on print, the face of diversity on school magazines and such. Um, I'm just living my life, not really caring anymore about what people think of me and that took a lot um a lot because you know growing up you're trying you're spending so much time to fit in mm -hmm. and um fitting in at times is almost snuffing your soul in a way girl and Preach. to not feel obligated to fit in anymore um and to be okay with who i am and comfortable in my own skin and and, and loving living in my own skin is probably what I'm the most proud of. Now, that's personally, obviously making these two beautiful babies, the loves of my life, literally my heartbeats walking on the outside of my mm -hmm. body. And I know you share the same thoughts. Of course. Um, is probably, you know, I was I was born to be a mom. Um, I was born to, to raise cubs um, who will eventually turn into lionesses and lions. Um, so, you know, that that is something that I'm equally as proud of. Facts, and I didn't say that, but that's something that I'm proud of as well. Mm -hmm. My two children, but that goes, goes without, without saying. saying. Absolutely, come on, Jinx. What's this? You put it out there. I so I was like, I'm not about to be up in here like. Well, I didn't even acknowledge my children. I mean, come on, but I was like, and I know the same whole truth. Okay, yeah, you do, <laughs> do very much so. Yes, I mean, my children are have also played a part in making me the woman that I am today as well. Let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. But that's a fact, sis. All of those are facts. And I would like to ask you a question about growing up in Connecticut mm -hmm. and being like the poster child for diversity. I was on Twitter the other night. And see, Twitter triggers me because, <laughs> you know, it does trigger. You know, I'm trying to keep my life as peaceful mm -hmm. as possible. But when you go to Twitter, it's hard to find that peace because people be on there saying all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I, someone posted, so, you know, critical race theory is just like a big topic, yeah, right? Sure, and people sure. are talking about just how basically they don't want white kids introduced to critical race theory. So they don't, so they don't feel bad about, you know, things that happened in the past. Mm -hmm. Well, someone posed this question on Twitter. It was Jamel Hill. I think that's her name. Mm -hmm. She said, can all of my viewers, whoever followers, please comment on the first time you experienced racism. Mm -hmm. And it was 
so profound to me because I experienced it at an early age, but I didn't realize that it was other people's experiences as well until mm -hmm. I read that thread of comments mm -hmm. of everybody talking about, I was five, I was six, I was eight, I was yeah. 10. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it was crazy. And yeah. I mean, I knew it, I guess subconsciously. I mean, I just knew it, but mm -hmm. to see it, I don't know, in a thread in black and white written down, yeah. it was like an aha moment for me. Yeah. So can you talk about like your experience in, did you ever experience that being from like the Northeast or was it different? Cause I grew up in the South. Yeah. I mean, did I, I did. And you know, let me say this, like I'm not here to shit on the Northeast because what I loved about growing up in the Northeast was just like how so many different cultures and backgrounds were coming together and living door to door side by side with one another. Um, but yeah, I definitely experienced it. And if I, you know, as you were, as you were framing your question, I was like, when was the first time? There were probably times when I was younger that I just wasn't very, I wasn't aware that like it was actually racism that was at play. Like I went, I started off in Catholic school, mm -hmm. only black kid in the class and was always in the, in the, the, the nun's office, the head nun's office. Right. And mm -hmm. eventually I ended up getting kicked out and, you know, it could have been because of race, could have been because of, you know, behavior, who knows, but um, I'm sure there was racism that I experienced as a child that my mom was probably more keen to and aware of than I was because I wasn't aware that I was different until I probably got to public school, right? <laughs> the way <laughs> until I got to public school and particularly like daycare. Right, so before I became a latchkey, yes, I'll take a refill too. Okay. Before I became a latchkey kid, I went to a daycare. And I remember... What do you mean a daycare? I went this? to an after-school program. Like, a bus came and picked me up from school. From private school. Well, this is when I, I got kicked out of private school and had to go to public school, right? So, Miss G was like, okay, you won't play? I was a you, Catholic school you, dropout. Okay, you won't play? Get your ass here and go to public school. I was a Catholic school, school dropout. They, kick, they okay. kicked me out, to, to be specific. So... Um, I was in an after-school program um, at a daycare that shall go unnamed. Um, and one time, somebody called me a grease monkey. <laughs> Shit ain't funny. So they called me a grease monkey, right? And girl, what? They call, but this but it's crazy. But I had a Jerry curl. <laughs> I had a Jerry curl. I'm laughing because that's something that I would have said. I had a Jerry curl with Jerry with an H. And you know, one day I just remember playing after school at the daycare and somebody was like, You're a grease monkey. And what did you say? I said nothing. Utter shock. I was like a grease monkey. Like I didn't even know what that was. So oh, a white person called you a grease monkey? Yes. And this is again the case where Ooh. like my sister and I were the only um black kids in the daycare. But yeah, some white kids called me a grease monkey and I go home and I tell my mom and my mom, queen of the clapbacks, was like, you tell them when you're in your tree that you poop on their heads. <laughs> I love where this conversation is going. And, I and said, you're like, what? I'm like, did you? <laughs> like, como? I don't, I'm not sure okay. how this works. Oh my but God. But she had this whole comeback for me to give them and I was like but I think that's a little too much right but, right like so what I did was just avoid those kids right moving on but I think that was the first time that like it was really made I was made aware that like I was different um and I'll tell you elementary school 
was tough, was really tough, right? Because I was always the only. Mm. Um, now, if I go back to where I grew up, I know it's a far more diverse place, but I was at that time the only. And then in middle school, I went to, I went in and got enrolled into a private school. And it was the first time I was, I was sixth grade. I of including me, three black girls in the class. Wow. And then there was an Indian, well, there was a class of 12, and we'll talk yeah. about small Northeast private schools in another session. But there was a class, like three black girls, and there was um, an Indian person, and it was the most diverse class that I'd ever had. Mm -hmm. And going through middle school and high school, my best friend was Puerto Rican, mm -hmm. um, and love her to this day, Puerto Rican. But Again, like racism was very prevalent. Um, it was overt in some cases, probably earlier on. And then as I moved out of public school, but then got into private school, it was probably a little bit more um, covert mm. there nonetheless. But um, yeah, it's a thing. Now you go to Connecticut now, it's very much a brown oh, state. Oh, definitely. Despite what definitely. you think, the Puerto Ricans, the Dominicans, Taking the over Jamaicans, all the West Indians up there in Hartford. Shout right. out to Hartford, Blue Hills Ave. Sister all lived there mm -hmm. or lived there. But mm -hmm. yeah, that's true. It's super diverse now. I know for me, yeah, it's the nice. opposite. I mean, it was both actually. Like, I'm from the South, child, first of all, and it's crazy. Like, I was five, and I was in this private school, and I, re I just still remember this very vividly. Now, mind you, there's not much I remember past eight years old, mm -hmm. but I remember this because it was just so profound to me, even as a young child. I was in this private school, and our little kindergarten class used to walk from, like, our classroom to the playground, and it was only me and an Indian girl in my class. Mm -hmm. And we were like towards the back of the line. So the teacher was at the front. We were towards the back of the line. And these older high school kids, guys, they would always be like, oh, look, we're going to take her. Let me take her. And I just remember. Yeah, like take her. Like I can't remember exactly what they were saying, but it was like they were targeting me specifically. And I felt, at that time, I felt scared, but I also remembering remembering feeling like why are they not messing with this indian girl mm. like you know what i mean like mm. why is why are they talking to me like the, the indian girl had like um she had cleft lip mm. so i was just like i like i, I don't know that's a five-year-old's mind yeah, right yeah. right trying to figure out like why right, right. she's the target of like uh, an attack really but um so that was like the first incident I remember. And it was just, it was super scary to me. And then over the years, like more things happened, like growing up in a white neighborhood mm -hmm. and, you know, not being able to play with certain people. And then obviously not really that much in high school. Like I got the comments more like about, you know, how often do you wash your hair? Oh. Like, you know, that's like a common thing. Like, I didn't have a Jerry curl, sis, <laughs> but them straight... But them straightening combs, bitch. I used to go like a month with them. Oh, girl, hair used to be. Oh my god, like girl, that not a hot comb. Girl, hot comb. Them hot combs used to last they three, three months, girl. Like, like this is ridiculous. But now, on a serious note, though, like that was. I remember that being like a conversation mm. coming up in high school. Like, how often do you wash your hair? Because you know, white people wash their hair every day. That's not my story. That's not that, my life. exactly. But you know, back then, yeah, you didn't yeah, have yeah. the words or the confidence to be able to right. say that. You yes. know, and that's why now I'm like Sydney. I'm like Sydney. Has anybody said anything to you about your skin, your hair, or anything? She's like, she gets tired of me from, from asking. asking her. 
skirt yes because I ask her all the time and she's yeah. like why are you asking me this I say because I want to know because if somebody has said something I'm gonna deal with right. it period that part period come for me you come for them you come for me all day yeah and we're so fortunate and I would say our kids are so fortunate where so you know we just talked about our experiences growing up but where we live First of all, Houston is one of the most diverse cities. Um, if you don't know, fourth largest city in the country. Um, but when you think about the number of nationalities and ethnicities that are represented in the city, um, it, it, it rivals New York City for sure. Oh, definitely. Um, and so Houston, while you have a significant amount of landmass, um, you know, it's a spread out city. And we live in a community that is so diverse. You look at our neighborhood, we have... Um, people from the subcontinent of India, we have folks from Africa, folks from Vietnam, folks from, you know, we have black Americans, we have interracial or, you know, interracial couples. We have so many folks just in our little loop within mm -hmm. our community. Um, and that really does translate to the schools, right? So I think about my daughter who had a friend, um, in second grade and she was like, mommy, my friend she's from Iraq. And I'm like, from where? She said Iraq. And the fact that she's pronouncing it the way that Iraqis would pronounce it. Right. And she's hungry to learn other languages. And she, I think, would feel very uncomfortable walking into a room if, you know, knowing that she was the only person of color there. Um, our kids, I think, are somewhat fortunate to live in, I won't go so far to call it a utopia, but they're really fortunate to live in a community where when they go to a grocery store, it's majority brown. Like it, it's, it's ethnic in the sense that there are a lot of races and ethnicities represented. Now don't get me wrong. Like there are a lot of white people too, but you are going to find more diversity in this area of the Houston Metro that we live in than you would in other areas. And so to know that that's the reality for our kids and what our kids are dealing with has less to do with racism right now. Now that could change, but right now has less to do with racism and more to just do with the fact that times like kids are going to be kids and say dumb shit. Like some guy. Told yeah. Me, that shit pissed me off too. Like, yeah. oh girl, some guy just told my daughter, little boy said that she needed to shave her arms. I'm what? like, at so, school, at school. It's like, you need to shave your eyebrows and shave your arms. And she came home and she was crying to oh, me yesterday. Jesus. I'm not ready. And, and, what, and we, what did you say? Um, I said, who's this, who's this boy? And she told me his name. I said, does he have good behavior? She said, no. So does he get good grades? She said, no. She said he got suspended. So we practiced the art of the clapback. Yeah. I said, so when he says this, here's your response. You don't even think about it. So just like your mom did you. Yes, just like my mom did me. Listen, listen, I, it was necessary. And it was necessary in that moment for her because she was so upset about it. And so we we did drills. You know, I pretended like I was the guy and said, Chloe, you need to do this. And <laughs> Just say your mama. That's she, it. She came All you need to say is your mama every time. Your out. arms, Harry. Your mama. Your... <laughs> <laughs> you need to shave your eyebrows. Your mama. You sound like Candace from Real Housewives of Potomac. Bitch, <laughs> I don't care. Your mama. Your mama. Ooh. Period. Oh, we got to do a reality TV Sis. Podcast. Sis, but we had time now. It ain't so. It is so. It is so. This was so much fun. We don't even have a name yet, but... We don't. We're going to organically come up with one, I guess, as time goes by. We but will. I think for the first podcast, it was super good. I, I, I mean, and cathartic. I mean, I really enjoyed the conversation. I needed it. I right? did, too. I did, too. And, you know, I was thinking of names. 
And the first one that came to mind was the mamas. Oh, not the mamas. <laughs> I know. I was like, I'm just a fit. And I'm a feel. CD on that one. No. Listen, it, it's what came to mind, but I'm not I But not that, that could be it. like the mamas, like the mothers, mm-hmm. the mamas, like the hot mamas, the mamas, like the wives. Uh, there's so many I mean, ways we could go with so that. Many, there's so many angles that we could hit that with. Yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see, see what comes to us. us. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But thank y'all for listening. Thank you. We had fun with this. And so next week, same time. Same place. Absolutely. Same different topic. Oof. Different topic. That mm-hmm. part. Some juicy ones. Okay. Uh, right. Cheers. Cheers.